Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, the seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. You have visited the land and watered it. Greatly have you enriched it. God's water courses are filled. You have prepared the grain. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. Thus have you prepared the land, drenching its furrows, breaking up its clods, softening it with showers, blessing its yield. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. You have crowned the year with your bounty and your paths overflow with a rich harvest. The untilled meadows overflow with it and rejoicing clothes the hills. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. The fields are garmented with flocks and the valleys blanketed with grain. They shout and sing for joy. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be, re- to be revealed for us. For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's the middle of baseball season, and you're pretty much guaranteed to get at least one baseball-related homily a year from me. So I guess this is it, and I can't promise there won't be more, to be honest. But everyone, even non-baseball fans, have pretty much heard of Babe Ruth, so I don't feel too guilty about this one. The Sultan of Swat, as he was called, George Herman Babe Ruth may be the most famous baseball player of all time. The beer-bellied outfielder had a legendary career, mostly with the New York Yankees, during which he hit 714 home runs, a record that stood unbroken until Hank Aaron surpassed him in 1976, and Aaron had way more plate appearances. And don't even talk to me about Barry Bonds. But Ruth wasn't just a home run hitter. 
The Babe hit to an average of 342 in his career, good for eighth best all time. And he has the greatest career slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS plus of any player. Oh, and he even won 94 games as a pitcher early in his career until he moved to the outfield full time. What you might not know about the Babe is that he was a Catholic. He might not always have been the best Catholic and the most virtuous guy by his own admission. This is from an article he wrote not long before he died of throat cancer at the age of 53. This is quoting him. Bad boy Ruth, that was me. Don't get the idea that I'm proud of my harem scarum youth. I'm not. I simply had a rotten start in life, and it took me a long time to get my bearings. Looking back to my youth, I honestly don't think I knew the difference between right and wrong. I spent much of my early boyhood living over my father's saloon in Baltimore, and when I wasn't living over it, I was in it, soaking up the atmosphere. I hardly knew my parents. St. Mary's Industrial School in Baltimore, where I was finally taken, has been called an orphanage and a reform school. It was, in fact, a training school for orphans, incorrigibles, delinquents, and runaways picked up on the streets of the city. I was listed as an incorrigible. I guess I was. Perhaps I would have always been, but for Brother Matthias, the greatest man I have ever known, and for the religious training I received there, which has been so important to me. Brother Matthias not only taught young George the Catholic faith, he also taught him how to throw, catch, and hit a baseball. That would turn out pretty well, as we know. At St. Mary's, the Xavier and brothers liberally scattered the seed, tended the soil, and let the rain and snow do its job. Our first reading from the prophet Isaiah was likely written in Babylon during the years of the exile. The people have begun to lose hope that they will ever return to Jerusalem, that they will ever be a nation again. Isaiah encourages them to remain hopeful. Rain and snow fall at times and in quantities we do not plan or control. Sometimes a good rain produces an abundant crop. Other times, It floods the fields and some of the yield rots. But the rain is never for naught. It seeps into the ground, it feeds the streams, and it fills the cisterns. It sustains the animals we use for meat. The rain is always doing its job, even if we can't perceive it. In the same way, God is always working on his infinitely wise plan. He will never abandon his chosen ones. But they must be patient, be hopeful, be faithful. Brother Matthias was pretty confident that young George would be a good baseball player, but he was certainly a lot less confident he would be a good man. So I'm sure Brother Matthias appreciated Isaiah's pep talk once in a while. Meanwhile, Babe would leave St. Mary's and go out on his own, and God was inside him somewhere, as he said. As I look back now, I realize that knowledge of God was a big crossroads with me. I got one thing straight, and I wish all kids did, that God was boss. He was not only my boss, but boss of all my bosses. I also realized that God was not only just, but merciful. He knew we were weak and that we all found it easier to be stinkers than good sons of God, not only as kids, but all through our lives. Babe was now out from under the supervision of the brothers' strict and watchful eyes, and he took full advantage. He drank too much, and I don't mean Gatorade. He ate too much. He was a notorious womanizer. And yet, those were probably just his everyday vices. He was hardly a role model in the traditional sense. And yet, He was often tender and incredibly generous to friends. He returned to St. Mary's often, and he made other stops too. In fact, there's a picture at Belmont Abbey Monastery with the monks there. He visited sick children in hospitals long before it generated good press for doing so. As sports journalist Bill Slocum once said, for every picture you see of the babe in a hospital, he visits 50 without publicity. In fact, he contributed financially to the establishment of a children's hospital in Florida, visited numerous military hospitals in World War II, and left a chunk of his estate to aid indigent children. 
and he was an active member of the Knights of Columbus from 1919 until his death in 1948. Some of those seeds the brothers had planted must have taken root. St. Paul offers a unique perspective to the human condition in our second reading. He talks about the suffering we experience during our lives, describing it in terms of groaning, a feeling to which all of us, no matter what language we speak or what century we live in, can relate. But it's not merely groaning, but groaning in labor pains that he speaks about, not only for human beings, but for all creation. I obviously have never had labor pains personally, but from what you ladies tell me, the pain, as intense as it is, is followed by an unmatched joy of holding your newborn child. The apostle ensures us that the suffering we experience in this life is ordered to a greater, infinitely wise, inexplicably joyful result. And all of creation participates in this productive groaning. In a way, none of us can understand all of creation is directed according to God's pleasure toward the glorious freedom of the children of God. No scientific studies will ever uncover the divine plan, but we as people of faith know it exists. And so we persevere in hope, even when all that we do seems subject to futility. That's why we can't lose heart in witnessing to our faith, even when in a groaning society, it seems to fall on deaf ears. The sower in today's gospel parable appears foolish to us. Why does he throw seed around so randomly, not caring if it lands on rich soil, rocky soil, among thorns, or even on a walking path? What a dope. Why not direct your seeds only to the best soil? Apparently, however, that's how it was done back then. First, the seed is sown. Then the farmer would plow the soil and remove the rocks, clear the undergrowth, and even cover over a path. The rains would come, he hoped, and water the seed. The farmer could never tell where the seeds would take root or where the nutrients in the soil were best. He just worked the land the best he could, realizing that he isn't totally in control and there are factors of play that he is completely unaware of. God is boss, not only his boss, but the boss of all his bosses. God is just and merciful, just like the babe said. And in God's own words, my word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. Some argue that there was little evidence that the Xavier and brothers had any effect on Babe Ruth other than teaching him how to play a game. But Ruth disagreed. He said, I strayed from the church, but I don't think I forgot my religious training. I just overlooked it. I prayed often and hard, but like many irresponsible young fellows, the swift tempo of being, uh, the swift tempo of living shoved religion into the background. So what good was all the hard work and ceaseless interest of the brothers, people would argue? You can't make kids religious, they say, because it just won't take. Send kids to Sunday school and they often end up hating it and the church. Don't you believe it? As far as I'm concerned, and I think as far as most kids go, once religion sinks in, it stays there, deep down. The lads who get religious training get it where it counts, in the roots. They may fail it, but it never fails them. When the score is against them, or they get a bum pitch, that unfailing something inside will be there to draw on. When I drifted away from the church, I did have my own altar, a big window of, of, New York, of my New York apartment overlooking the city lights. Often I would kneel before that window and say my prayers. I would feel quite humble then. I'd ask God to help me not make such a big fool of myself and pray I'd measure up to what he expected of me. Babe Ruth made a full confession before his last surgery and received Holy Communion. He died with a miraculous medal pinned to his pajamas, thanks to Brother Matthias and the others. So 
Keep sowing those seeds far and wide, no matter how frustrating it can be and how silly some might think you are. And let God do his thing. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day and say a prayer for me.